Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. G'day, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Brand, the podcast show that provides you with your step-by-step guide to unlock your potential so you can get more out of your life and change the world for the better. I'm your host, Lauren Cress, the business scientist, and today on the show, we're talking about the creative process and how to use this to develop your style. So this continues on from our last episode on style, part one, where we discuss the definition of style and the different aspects of style. Just to recap, the three different aspects of style that we discussed were one, your style conventions, two, the style schemas. And three, your unique Eunice. You may remember I mentioned the creative process in relation to the example of a photographer. So the photographer learns about the different elements of photography that they can work with, produce a different type of composition. And then by understanding this and the works others in the world are doing, they can begin to learn how to bring themselves into their work. So conventions first, schema second, and then your unique Eunice. Today, I want to dive into why this process is so important to develop your distinct and salient brand assets so that when people see a piece of your content, they see a product, they work with you, they come into contact with your business, they immediately recognize that it's yours because of your unique uniqueness and bringing yourself into that work. Today's questions from the audience come from Dexter Runa in London who asks, how do you find the perfect name for your company that is both professional, catchy, and it's also easily branded? And second question from Mike Lynch. Uh, It's a great style question, actually. It's how do I position myself as an artist when doing business and using a business name instead of my own? Should I state that I am a studio and refer to myself as we? Should I be transparent and state that my business is me and me alone? My answers to that at the end of the episode, but to begin with, I want to make clear that as always, we're going to be talking about our topic today in relation to both building your personal and your business brand. However, speaking from my own personal experience of growing both types of brands, I have to say that the journey ahead for personal brand growth in relation to developing a style is one that requires more introspection and curiosity about yourself than when developing your business brand. And actually, just quickly on that note, some of you may have seen that I've updated my LinkedIn header, which now features a cover of my soon-to-be-released book. And when I say soon, I mean this year. (laughs) I haven't got a date on this yet, but I'll keep you posted on the launch date as soon as I know what it is. The book is called Make Your Mark, How to Grow Your Brand, Unlock Your Potential and Change the World for the Better. Some themes that you're familiar with as a listener to this show. And it builds on the discussions we've been having in the Grow Your Brand podcast series and also tie in with expert insights that I've gathered over the past couple of years from 
visionary leaders and thinkers who I've worked with and interviewed. So yes, more to come on that. But the reason I mention it is because the book starts by explaining the importance of curiosity for yourself when building your business and brand. The commitment I ask readers to make from the outset is to be curious about themselves, to question the things they've been told about who they are, about their role in society, about what others think of them, about what is right and what is wrong and what is good and what is bad and what the world needs from them. And today I'm going to ask you to do the same. So before we embark on this next stage of developing your style, I want you to make a commitment to get curious about who you are and how you show up to make your mark in the world. Okay, you with me? Getting curious? All right. So let's get on to the main segment for the show today on the creative process. So question for you, what does it mean to be creative? When we talk about creativity, a lot of people talk about this phenomena of a quote-unquote original idea. In fact, the dictionary definition of creativity is to, quote, use the imagination or original ideas to create something new. In business, we often use the word innovation instead, but to me it's really much of a muchness in my opinion. Uh, Maybe you have a different opinion on that, and if so, I'd love to hear that. But for the purpose of what we're getting to today, we're talking about innovation and creativity like it's the same thing. And I realise we're talking about style specifically and talking about the creative process in relation to style, relation to the, the way that you do things, the manner by which you do things. But there's no reason why what you learn here today can't extend into other realms of your business and life. Because one thing you might be wondering right now is, am I creative? So let me answer that question with another question. Is creativity something that people are born with or is it something that we can learn? When I was studying creative thinking in my master's degree, one of the first things we did was to unpack a lot of the assumptions that the term creative and creativity is weighed down with. Firstly, the idea of something being original and new. What is originality and what is new? Does that mean we need to block out the external world and stare into a void until we come up with something from nothing? Well, no, it's not how our brains work. That's impossible. Everything we know and everything we do comes from a combination of our genetic predisposition or our nature and the world out there and what we learn, nurture. The creative process isn't about cutting ourselves off from the world. It's the very opposite. It's about standing on the shoulders of giants and bringing our unique combination of inherited traits and characteristics and lived experiences to contribute to developing and evolving ideas. The thing that we bring to the table when we do this is ourselves, and that's why we need to be curious about ourselves. Another question for you, lots of questions for you today. Do you tell yourself, oh, I'm not creative? If you do, you're not alone. A lot of people identify as non-creatives. They say things like, oh, I'm just not the creative type. But actually, and this comes back to your curiosity commitment that we made at the beginning of the show. If you've been telling yourself this story that you're not creative, then how do you really know whether or not you are? If that narrative has been replaying over and over again in your head for years, I'm going to ask you to pretend that that story, that story of I'm not creative, is a hat. A hat that you can choose to wear or not to wear. And for today's episode, I want you to just take that hat off. 
and put it to one side and be open to possibility. One of my favorite thinkers and writers in this space is Austin Kleon, who has authored, amongst other things, Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. And he says, quote, you might be scared to start. That's natural. There's this very real thing that runs rampant in educated people. It's called imposter syndrome. The clinical definition is a psychological phenomenon in which people are unable to internalize their accomplishments. It means that you feel like a phony, like you're just winging it, that you really don't have any idea of what you're doing. But guess what? None of us do. Ask anybody doing truly creative work and they'll tell you the truth. They don't know where the good stuff comes from. They just show up to do their thing every day. End quote. See, the thing about creativity and creative work is it is essentially about understanding how to create the mindset that will enable you to show up and do this creative work. So now we've unpacked this term a little bit, let's talk about how you can set yourself up for creative success so you can develop or iterate your style. As with everything in building your brand, the first key ingredient is to get clear on our reason for having a creative process and understanding what will happen if we don't do this, if we don't integrate these activities into our business and see it as business as usual. If we don't have our finger on the pulse, if we don't have a way to constantly acquire and digest new information and use this to inform our brand and business activities, then we're going to have a very hard time staying relevant and making our mark in the areas that are important for keeping our position as a thought leader and as a brand. We can't have authority if we don't know what's going on in the world. But here's where the plot thickens. At the same time, we need to ensure that we maintain consistency and integrity as we evolve and adapt to the changes that take place on the inside and the outside of the business. The goal for our creative process is that it enables us to have a distinctly recognizable and memorable identity that is also responsive to change. And what will emerge as a result is new products, programs or offers, campaigns and collaboration opportunities, unique content assets like a podcast show that no one else is doing or a book with a unique perspective and so, so much more. By forming habits to show up for innovation and creativity, your brand and business will also grow in ways that we can't yet anticipate. What is key is that all of this will feel like it is an extension of who you and your business is, rather than a piecemealed project or side project that doesn't serve that top level vision and mission of the brand. So how do we show up for this? There are three key ingredients, which I call the three C's for the creative process. The first we've already talked about, it's curiosity. Your curiosity and willingness to learn new things about yourself and the world out there is your source for creative input. It provides you with the raw materials that you can combine and recombine in order to make something new and original. The second key ingredient is collection. This is about documenting the information that you've gathered and keeping it in a place where you can easily remind yourself about ideas or inspiration that has cropped up as a result of your commitment to curiosity. You'll start to see that as you do this, you may have more and more ideas that you get better and better at remembering and making connections between for how you can utilize them. The third key ingredient is consistency. This is the one, honestly, I have struggled with. 
I find, and I believe this is quite common, that I have these sort of creative frenzies where suddenly I have all these ideas and I can generate a whole heap of sort of new innovations and new products to experiment with and play with in my business in one go. The problem with this is that there can be big droughts in between these frenzies and that threatens sustainability. You're much more likely to do your podcast if you commit a bit of time each week to making it happen, for instance. And this is what I've learned for everything I do. Carve out time for consistency. Make time to write. Make time to podcast. Make time to meet new people. Which brings me to the final point I want to make for this segment in this episode. So there's this creative stereotype image I think we've been conditioned to believe in. The creative with the Macintosh computer, the quirky glasses, and the perfect T-shirt blazer combo. But creativity comes in loads of forms and has many outputs. You might find that your creative process involves talking to five new prospects every week and making some notes about your discussion. A lot of salespeople, for instance, will use this approach, which makes them a huge asset in brainstorming sessions for product development. It may be that, like me, you love to speak and create educational content. And so you can read a lot of books and interview experts in order to keep your content relevant. If you're a conversationalist, start with the conversations. If you love your alone time, instead try spending 30 minutes every day reading and 30 minutes every day writing or journaling. Find what works for you. If you feel like it's painful to commit to, then it's not going to happen. But if you feel like it's challenging and invigorating, then get curious about what it is that you're enjoying, but also finding is just pushing you to your limits. That's that sweet spot. That's a sweet spot for creativity. For me, I'm a pretty extreme extrovert and I need conversations and people to feel that surge of energy and drive every day. But I also love to have time to myself to write things down and consolidate ideas. And part of how I do that is with this podcast show. So today we've uncovered some key things about the creative process, but we have only really scratched the surface from the perspective of both developing your manner for doing things, your style, and for keeping your finger on the pulse to keep your brand relevant and engaged. But To keep the flow of the series moving and ensuring that you have your foundational pillars set up to grow your brand, we're going to need to now move on to creating a style guide. So next week, that's what we're going to be talking about. But once we've covered the essentials for each pillar, I'm thinking I'll come back and do some more episodes on creative thinking and innovation. If that's something you guys would like, please let me know. Send me an email or a message on LinkedIn and and tell me because I want to know what you'd like to learn more about. I've also put some additional resources in the links in the show notes here uh, for some of my favorite thinkers in this space, including Austin Clayton, who we've already talked about, uh, Linda Barry as well. And I've also featured some YouTube clips that will help you understand more about how you can start to form habits that bring creativity into your brand and into your life so that when people see your content, they see your work in the world, they know it comes from you. All right, now it's time to move on to the Q&A segment. So just as a reminder, the first question for today's episode comes from Dexter Runa in London who asks, how do you find the perfect name for your company that is both professional, catchy, and also easily branded? Thanks for the question, Dexter. It can be tricky to figure this out. And often if you're looking to launch a business ahead of doing the brand work, which I know a lot of people are, it can be particularly tricky. Uh, this is actually what happened to me. So my original company name when I launched the business uh, at the time with a business partner 
was Pacific Content. The idea for the business name and for the business was that we would provide content marketing services across the Pacific. So put these two things together and you have Pacific Content. There were a couple of problems with that. One was there was another company called Pacific Content in the US and they did podcasting, which was an aspect of what we did, but not completely what we did. That meant we couldn't get pacificcontent.com as a URL. And then on Facebook, people were getting confused between the two brands. The other problem for me was that it wasn't inspiring and therefore it wasn't that catchy because it wasn't memorable. People didn't really care about the name. Fortunately, it's quite easy to have a second business name here in Australia, and I'm imagining it's the same in the UK. So when I took over the business as the sole founder, I had a deeper think about the brand and what direction I wanted to take the business in long term. I sort of did the work that I'm talking about in this podcast series. Pacific content wasn't going to do because I wanted to branch outside of content and content marketing. So I started looking at some of the brands that inspired me most and the keywords and phrases they were using. I also thought about my audience and who they were and what would appeal to them. And what I realized was that a lot of the clients I worked with or wanted to work with identified as change makers and visionaries. And whilst the name The Change Makers was taken, The Change Makers Collective worked well for my bigger vision for the business and the products and collaborations that I wanted to emerge from it. Uh, look, we're still a young brand and many of the things that we want to achieve with the business will come at a later date. But I know the business name works for me now and will also work for me in the future. So having said all of that, let's bring it back to what you need to do. So there's really two things to keep in mind. One, if you completely stuff up the name, you can rename when you've got a more solid concept of your business and what you do. If you've done the market research and brand work already, then think about what will resonate with this audience based on the keywords and phrases they use. A hot tip on this second point, go check out Ubersuggest. It's a free keyword research tool provided by the brilliant Neil Patel. I think I might have even mentioned it on the show before. But have a look at what people are Googling in relation to your offer your product or your service, and think about how you can incorporate these search terms into what you do. So to be clear, this isn't even necessarily about ranking for SEO, but it will give you a unique insight into what your customers say and don't say. Okay, now on to the second question that comes from Mike Lynch, who asks, how do I position myself as an artist when doing business and using a business name instead of my own? Should I state that I'm a studio and refer to myself as we? As with Dexter's question, this comes back to what your vision is. You know, what, what are you trying to achieve? If your plan is to build a business that can be operated by others and you act as a silent partner in the future or want to sell it off, then you want to start talking about your business as an entity that is separate from you. Therefore, you would use words like we and you talk about your studio. Even if it's just you right now, the plan is to have a team. The plan is to have other people who can operate the business. But if your plan is to keep the business small and to be the operator of the business for the rest of the business's lifetime, then see it as an extension of your personal brand because you can absolutely use words like I and talk about your work as an artist in the first person. For me, I have my personal website, personal brand, and social media channels that comes from me in the same way that I do this podcast. It's conversational in tone and my goal is to create a sense of familiarity with people as individuals who can see me as an individual. On the other hand, my business brand, the Changemakers Collective, is now at a point where I have other people working with me. So 
it's appropriate to use we and talk about myself in the third person because the client won't only be working with me, but with others in my team. I still leverage my personal brand and the two brands work together to promote one another. But there is work I do that comes from me and there is work that I do that comes from the business. And I make that distinction clear by having these two brands in market. I hope this has been helpful to you, Dexter, and to you, Mike, and to you listening. If you do have further questions about anything discussed in this Q&A segment or in any aspect of this episode or other shows, do always feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to have a chat and talk about this in further detail. In case you haven't already noticed, I do love to talk. And I, and I have connected with people who've, you know, either heard about me through like being a guest on someone else's podcast show or from my own podcast show. And it's such a nice way to connect. I love it. So really, seriously, just, you know, I can't cover everything in, in the space we have, you know, to talk. So there's always more we can chat about. So that's it for me today. Uh, as I said, next week, we'll talk about creating a style guide. But until then, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.